What's up, family, and welcome to the first, the first, first, first episode of The Interlude, a new kind of pause, the podcast where we just don't talk about it, but we're actually about it. I know, actually about it. And in the spirit of the Breonna Taylor verdict, which was disappointing to say the least, but not a surprise, but absolutely disappointing, I post. And if we deserve better, how come you guys aren't doing better? And I felt like there was no better person to have this conversation with than my dear friend, <laughs> dear friend, Faith Hutcherson. So Faith, <laughs> let's talk about black women deserving better. Yeah, wow, yikes. Like, what does that even mean? That's how I feel. It's like, I don't even really know what that means. Like, where do you even begin with I black know. women deserve better? Uh, I think that the, I think the, I think it's the wrong, almost the wrong question. Hmm. Like, not like, what do you mean by black women deserve better, but actually, why? Right. Like, so what's going on that is even creating a response like that mm-hmm. and not just with Breonna Taylor because that like that means that people know other things have happened mm-hmm. other women especially women of color have experienced things in their life where they have felt like people haven't shown up or they're doing it on their own mm-hmm. or like whatever the reasons behind that statement are mm-hmm. so then why why is that the statement yeah and I have to admit like hearing that statement especially from like people that I know, men that I know that, in my opinion, don't show up for black women. Um, it frustrates me. I, I think I feel like it pisses me off. Like, okay, show up for Breonna Taylor, but don't show up for the women who are in your life mm-hmm. or don't tell the women in your life how you feel or don't support the women in your life. Like that's, it's confusing to me. Like how you can, you can say it so effortlessly, but practically how does that show up? I think is my thing about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this in just texting back and forth. Mm-hmm. Really, maybe that means different things depending on the person. Mm-hmm. But I think that you had a genius response to, to my question being posed. Like, if there's somebody in your life, if you actually know them, if you're actually listening to them, you know what they need. Mm-hmm. And so whether or not people in women's lives are listening to the requests being made. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And why now? My thing is, like, why do black women deserve better now? Why didn't we deserve better when Sandra Bland was murdered and it was covered up? Why don't we deserve better? If you think about how you've treated women, black women, historically, why didn't we deserve better then? Like, what is it about the Breonna Taylor case and the Breonna Taylor verdict that is enlightening people to the fact that we deserve better? Mm -hmm. And then what does it even mean to deserve better, like... What do you have to offer, I guess, would be my question. You can say all the things that you think that we deserve, but what are you bringing to the table? I feel like that's the missing link. Mm. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. To me, these are really hard questions that I don't necessarily have the answer for, mm-hmm. other than... And especially, like, I, I like to frame things optimistically or kind of, like, with the silver lining, just because that's who I am as a person, mm-hmm. but... And I always will tie it back into what I believe. Mm-hmm. And really... Like, how can you love someone well? How can you love your community well? How can you serve people well without a relationship with the Lord, without Mm -hmm. knowing yourself, without knowing truth, without doing some of the hard work and Mm -hmm. assessing yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, And really, like, and being full, like, pouring out from a place of fullness. And I think, historically speaking, 
you, like if, I don't know if everyone has seen the show Black AF, but every single episode in that show is called Because of Slavery, yeah. and also Because of Slavery. Yeah. I think that if, as Christians, we're going to link things historically, like, things are the way that they are because the Bible says this about that. Mm-hmm. I think that we have to apply the same thing to history as well. Mm-hmm. Things are the way they are today because of things that have happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And historically speaking, black women have had to do, like, women in general, but black women especially, have had to do things on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's just generational, there's some generational stuff that's going on that has to be healed within, especially the black community, mm-hmm. black father figures. Mm-hmm. I don't think men, I might say some things that are actually pretty unpopular, but um, I don't think men understand how important they are. Mm-hmm. It is not that, say like, you need a man right. in order to do something, right. or I need a man in order to feel fulfilled right. or whatever, but what I hear from black women deserve better is that we don't want to do it on our own anymore. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. No, and, and I agree. And I, I feel like self-reflection is necessary and also action. Uh, I saw something on Instagram not too long ago about like um, being overly independent is a, is a trauma response mm-hmm. um, and not actually the way that we were built, right? We were built to help one another and be in community and uh, support one another. And so I just wonder why that support does not extend to the to black women in general, in particular. Yeah, I don't understand why. And it's really, it's really difficult for me because right, I'm a black woman and I look at myself in the mirror every day and I just wonder why I can be loved to a point or why I feel like my worth, I'm worth it up until it's inconvenient for you. So then I, it's not worth it anymore. Or... I've tried as much as I can, but your attitude, so now I'm done, I'm over it. Um, And then turn around and then you see these posts around Black Women Matter and let's center Black women and Black women deserve better. Like, it's confusing to me. Like, I just don't even know where to to go or how to, how to, how to take that on and and believe it that it can be true for me, I guess. Hmm. Like, I do not have those answers. Mm -hmm. And I think even those questions that you have or those beliefs that you have Mm -hmm. are questions that women have in general. Mm -hmm. But I think that it is especially deep, a deeper, a deep wound for black women. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, just historically speaking of having to do things on their own. Yeah. Well, and... What one thing that Malcolm X says in one of his quotes is like, uh, the black woman is the most unprotected, the black woman is the least cared for, the black woman is I can't remember the other part of the quote, but the black woman is all of these things, and we've known this Mm -hmm. historically. And I feel like our men, like black men, have known this historically, and still it is what it is. Like, what's gonna what's really different about Breonna Taylor, like in six months from now, like, is this really? Is the story or the narrative still going to be that black women deserve better or that we're supposed to center and support black women? Or are we going to move on to whatever the next situation is? And I think, I mean, as I segue into just protesting in general and the fact that there's a lot of protesters out here and just people out here in general that are talking about black lives matter, protect black women, but in their own lives, right? In their own sphere of influence, actually... Mm -hmm 
Like, when's the last time you called your black mom or your sister or your or your friends or any of those things to just see how they're doing? Mm-hmm. And I think we had talked about this earlier even, but does that apply to Chief Best mm-hmm. in Seattle? Mm-hmm. Right, so if we protect black women at all costs. Mm-hmm. I, and I've asked that question. I've asked that question to protesters that are downtown in Seattle. And for people that don't know, I... I've come to realize that what's happening in Seattle is kind of a bubble uh, and not everybody is aware of the fact that it's been over 150 days of nonstop protesting in Seattle every single day from morning to afternoon till night. And it's really centered or at least the conversation is centered around defunding the police and Black Lives Matter. And I feel like there's little tangents that go off of that uh, where there's other people groups, rightfully so, that feel like this should be their movement as well. But every single day, nonstop, in Seattle exclusively, like, I think there might be some protests happening in Tacoma, but not on the level of Seattle. But every single day, people are out in the streets, whether it's big or small, protesting around police brutality and around Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So just if people aren't aware. It's in our news every it's in news. Not like not news news. But, it's, but yeah, it's not. It's, it's on. Not. It's on the. It's on the wavelength. I feel like I know that there yeah. are things happening in Seattle. You know, at some level, but like our 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 typical media outlets aren't covering it. Um, what they're doing in Seattle, at least I'm a little bit further north, and it's not translating up here. Like we aren't having those same conversations or protesting at the same levels. Um, But I feel like that's the way that people have taken it to protecting black women or um, centering black women or saying black women deserve better is that we're going to be out in these streets every single day, like protesting police brutality, which in and of itself, I feel like in theory is not a bad thing. And also, Mm -hmm. has anyone ever just stepped back and said, I wonder what black women want? I wonder what women want. I wonder what they need. I wonder what what we could do to make them feel cared for, heard, or protected. I feel like you just ran off with it without asking. Yes, I was just about to say, like, like how about at home? Yeah. <laughs> you know, out in these streets, like, doing the, like, the verse that comes to mind is, and maybe this is a total stretch, but Faith Without Works is, or, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Faith Without Works is dead, or, mm-hmm. you know, like, you have to have both. Like, right. It has to be the two. Mm-hmm. And so kind of like faith, like the saying, mm-hmm. you know, black women deserve better, women deserve better, or, you know, whatever the Instagram post is right. for, the, for the month, without works. Mm-hmm. And proper works. And proper works. Yeah. Not, not like what you, I, th- I feel like this in relationship, mm-hmm. maybe even just like on, a, on an individual, yeah. at, in relationship, what feels right for me to do, what feels natural for me to do to care for you may yeah. not be what you need. Right, exactly. And so I'm only going to, I'm not going to know that. I'm only going to do what feels right to me, what I think I would want. Right. But if I don't take the time to ask you or to assess really what your reaction is to my actions, mm-hmm. like, am I really caring? Right. Not, not really. Am I really tending to your needs? Not really. Right. So how about that? Right. How about, yeah, at home? How about in your workplace? How about in your community? I feel like there's fill in the blanks for so many things. And like I said, like, I don't want to say that protesting completely is lost, but if you even just zoom out and look at it from a historical perspective, 
Dr. Martin Luther King, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was not in these streets every day. Uh, he was planning, he was strategizing, he was teaching in his own community, he was educating himself. I don't really know how you have space and capacity to do those things if you spend morning till night on the street protesting police brutality. And then at what point do relationships matter? Because I feel like that's the key, that's the missing link in my opinion and as it relates to protest, as it relates to black women deserve better, protect black women is that where are you investing in relationships and not just on the surface level but actually digging deep and getting to know the needs of your community you can't do that unless you're investing in the people in your community and if you feel like one people group women in particular are not getting what they need what are you doing to invest in them and spend your time getting to know them and pursuing them and understanding their needs mm -hmm. yeah I don't know, I just think relationship is wildly underestimated. Mm -hmm. Like, we even talk about this just in our in our community, like, in our friend group. Yeah. Like, what each one of you mean to me and what you guys do for me right. in my soul. Right. As far as the encouragement, the accountability, the laughs, the time right. spent, the the life that we build together and mm -hmm. getting to walk alongside somebody it's that kind of investment is priceless and that kind of investment enables me to do hard things right right and kind of back to what i was saying before it's not that i can't do it without you mm -hmm. or it's not that i can't do it without a man or whatever but i don't necessarily want to do the hard things in life right by myself right and that's what that is really what i hear like, I can do it by myself. I will do this by myself. Right. I have done this I have by done myself, this by myself yeah. out of necessity, like, because yeah. no one else is showing up. Right. But I don't necessar necessarily want to do this by myself. Right. And I think that's universal. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, are you listening to what the people in your life are saying they need? Right. Are you asking the question? Mm -hmm. And take it to the next step, like... There's a period for listening, and I feel like that's where we get s stuck, I think, in the topic of racism a lot, in the topic of supporting black women, protecting black women, is like, all right, teach me, teach me. I want to know, I want to learn, I want to understand. Um, but to me, un like understanding is valuable, but what you do with now what you know is more valuable to me. And I don't know why we. it's hard for us to take that next step of like, now what am I going to do now that I know? And knowing that coming into this knowledge also might mean that you're going to have to sacrifice, that you can't continue to do and live your life the way that you want, especially as a believer, if you recognize and understand that part of your body is hurting. So how do, how do you come and rally to support the broken arm or the broken leg, or in this case, racism? So a group of people who are being marginalized based on the color of their skin, if you say that you're part of the body. You can't, you can't live your life the same anymore. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I wonder if that's a place that people haven't been able to get to yet or they're not interested in going. So it's easy to just put the hashtag out there or post something on Instagram saying that you support it. But literally having to take the next step might mean you lose some friendships, might mean you lose some time, might mean that you lose some money. Like there's lo lots of risk, I think, involved and sacrifice involved. 
But if you're telling me that I deserve to be protected, I deserve to be centered, and I deserve to be protected at all costs, like what are you willing to sacrifice to ensure my safety Mm -hmm. or to ensure that I'm going to thrive in our community? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I really think, too, the things that we look for as individuals can't be found in other people, though, Right. as well. Um, I think that it's a really slippery slope to be like, I will only get this or feel safe or whatever fill in the blank is mm-hmm. for you if other people are meeting these needs for me. Yeah. And that's also not true. Right. Because really fulfillment is only found in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Real fulfillment, real fullness, um, fearlessness, right. like real courage, real, like those real feelings that turn into tangible actions mm-hmm. um, can only really be found in the Lord. And, and I, th- I think the, like, the long-lasting, mm-hmm. I feel like over a lifetime, that stuff can only be found in the Lord. You might find it in a person for a moment, but seasons change, mm-hmm. and, then that, and then it doesn't feel the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, it's dangerous to, to fall down the social media trap. Mm-hmm. Like, really what you consume what's being said. Mm-hmm. A lot of things on Instagram sound good. Right. A lot of things that people are posting sound good. A lot of things that, um, points that are being made sound good, but right. just because they sound good doesn't necessarily mean that there's much meat to them. Right. Um, so I think you have to be, we have to be careful in what we consume the most. Right. I, I, I don't know if, like Instagram is great for getting word out for, maybe communication for keeping mm-hmm. up with friends and whatever, but it is not, it does not substitute for a relationship mm-hmm. and it does not substitute for real, like quiet time reflection. Mm-hmm. All of that has to be done off of phone, real relationship. Right. Um, and I think that's a track that, especially our generation doesn't even know that it's fallen into. Yeah. I, I think COVID has changed the game as it relates to social media, right? Cause we're stuck <laughs> in the house and, there's not a lot of ways to engage with people like we typically would. And so I know for myself, like my, my, I'm off balance. I'm off kilter a hundred percent. Um, and it's based on what I've been consuming, what I've been investing my time, my energy, my efforts, mm-hmm. what I'm listening to, what I'm reading on Instagram, what posts I'm following. Like it's led me almost to a dark place that, mm-hmm. I finally recognize that I'm in and now the battle is like working my way out of it. I've been in six months like in this hole of consumption of things that I don't even really know that I care about. And also for some reason, I gravity, I feel like I care about those things. And so I don't know where my beliefs begin sometimes and and end um and I'm like all right that's not gonna work for me that like that's not even my personality or the way that I navigate life and so that's when I knew it was an issue yeah when I was like it's the leak out here yeah like like, it's hopeless right that was when I was like you know what maybe eight hours on this (laughs) eight eight hours eight hours hours. yeah you know that you get on Sunday Yeah, yeah yeah it's like you spent I think once it was embarrassing, and I was like, "This cannot be." Bro, I spent a work week on Instagram, <laughs> like a work week, and I don't even remember what I was doing on this. Listening to people I haven't talked to in years, right? And I'm like, "Yes, yeah, say that." One sending like the reactions, like 100 right. fire emoji, right? Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I and as believers, I think when this 
it happens when we talk about like death, you mm-hmm. know, what do people do with no hope? Yeah. Right. And I felt that like think for the first time in like the deep part of like the George Floyd protests yeah. and like only being able to keep up via the news and social media and like seeing what people, seeing some of the wild things that people were posting yeah. um, on either end of mm-hmm. the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, and kind of putting my phone down at one point being like, I, who are we? Like, right. what is going on? Mm-hmm. I know, as a person of color, right, you always, you know yeah. that it's been, you know what's real, you know, like, yeah. how it is out here, but um, I think it was one of the first times where I was like, Lord, what is going on? And not even looking to him, like, for hope, but looking to him like, bro. Yeah. Like, are you watching? Like, are, do you <laughs> see this? Are you doing laundry? Like, right. You pay busy? It, or pay attention. Right. Exactly. But I, and, and I had to, I was like, mm, no, it's I, it's always Pharaoh, and therefore he washes over me. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a weird time. Mm-hmm. And I know that people are saying it, you know, unprecedented times. Yeah. But it really is for us. It is. And, but nothing new is under the sun. This mm-hmm. isn't the first civil fight right. that America's seen. It won't be the last one. But my thing is, is like, we got a blueprint like there was a whole civil rights movement like there was clearly we haven't made as much progress as we hope we would have uh during the civil rights movement and also we don't have to start from the beginning like we don't have to reinvent the wheel there are people out there that ended up losing their lives based on furthering someone else's and so to me, I always, I always struggle with like Black Lives Matter or support Black women or protect Black women at all costs. And then you're not doing the work to look at the blueprint, like look at what things were in place and things that were working from our historical giants. That's what I call like Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or Rosa Parks or Angela Davis. Like those people are giants and they've done incredible things that will forever go down in history. Don't disrespect that. Mm-hmm. Don't disrespect their like their name mm-hmm. by doing what you want based out of emotion. Because I feel like that's where it's coming from right now. Is it's emotion based, mm-hmm. and there's no there's not a lot of strategy. And that's no disrespect to what people have going on and what they feel that they have to do. But there has to come a point where we're not driven by the by our anger exclusively. Mm-hmm. Like we have to mm-hmm. we can recognize our anger. We have a right to be angry, so I don't want anyone to hear that you, we don't have a right to be angry, but we don't have to move in anger. And we get to decide what angers us and how we move during, during that process and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And so when do we slow down and just say, whoa, we just, we've been running at full speed and we're just pissed off and say, actually, tangibly, what are the things that we want? How did our giants do it before us? And how do we want to move in the future? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there was I'm looking I'm on Instagram. Typical. Typical. Well, um, but there was a great caption about the historical giants and like leaders of the movement, mm-hmm. and I will have to read it because I won't do it justice if I try and go off of memory. Mm-hmm. But it was the monument for uh, Fannie Lou Hamer. Ida B. Wells. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, the caption is, we cannot understand or give due respect to people such as Fannie Lou Hamer, Ida B. Wells, 
Edgar Evers and more without paying attention to their religion, which was Christianity. Mm -hmm. They were political activists, yes, but their faith fueled their activism. Mm -hmm. So something else was pouring into them so that they could pour out to others. Mm -hmm. Historians and scholars would do well to study the sophisticated political theology of movement leaders as a form of intellectual history. For activists, it may even be a form of appropriation to celebrate or emulate these figures without also studying their faith commitments. Yeah, I feel like faith gets left out a lot. But if you think about in our history, just in our world, we're, we're Christians and believers of Jesus Christ and followers of Jesus Christ. But if you even just look at other religions and the way that even Muslims do things, it's faith foundation first. Mm -hmm. And then we move accordingly. And so I, I, you're right. I feel like that's pr probably one of the major things that are missing, quite honestly. Because you, you have to have a foundation yeah. to stand upon and then move forward. Right. I, and that's with your life. That is with the way that you move mm -hmm. throughout any circle of influence, mm -hmm. any circle of friends. Like really what you believe will fuel all of your actions. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have something firm that you're standing on right. and then moving from, right. the movement's going to be disheveled mm -hmm. the body's going to be broken right you're going to have people acting and doing things that isn't within their gifting mm -hmm. regardless of belief or not yeah um and that is where i think things fall apart and i i feel like that's probably one of the things that is happening right now as you like i don't know about you and i've been tracking what's going on in seattle pretty closely but it went from being extremely centered on black lives to whatever the topic of the day was or whatever the group of the day was. And that didn't mean that black lives weren't important and that people still try to, but it's hard to like put all your eggs in 10 baskets and mm -hmm. pursue that and do, and do that well. Um, and so I think foundation matters. And if, as I talk to people who are, who are learning when they don't have a baseline that they always can go back to mm -hmm. it's very easy for them to move with whatever the tide is doing mm -hmm. and I think you see that with a lot of people who are out on the streets protesting and people I think people think that the only way to get anything done is to be out in these streets caught like pushing back on the police fighting back and fighting with the police and I mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong I think there's a time and a place to defend yourself and your community and that should be coupled with who who do I know? Who are the leaders in the community that I can influence to start making change in the community? Because, and it's not that it doesn't matter, but the police brutality, the way that the police system is set up, like that's a symptom. Right. And so to attack a symptom mm -hmm. is not actually attacking. Like when, like you have a cold, if you're literally only doing nasal spray when right. you have a cold, but you're not getting any vitamin D, you're not eating your vegetables. Right. You know what I mean? Like you won't, you might, it might eventually go away. Right. But after 400 years, right. you know, of yeah. attacking symptoms. Right. Like, what's the core issue? And even in the presidential debate yeah. and election yeah. and all that, I'm like, there is so much more on the ballot than a president. Right. And the executive, yes, the executive position matters a lot. And, mm -hmm. and all of these other things, Congress, Senate, local, like right. what happens in your city those are those, that's really based on who you put in office. Yeah. Who's sitting in these places of power that you have no idea actually what their function is. Right. And those are the core things that people need to go after. Not not just right. the police brutality, but 
these things that actually matter that you do have some control over. And even if you're looking at, we're looking at police brutality and like that being the symptom, another symptom is going after the straight up officers that are on the line. Like mm. they don't have any decision making capacity outside of obviously they shouldn't be pulling out guns and murdering black people at a significant at all and at a significantly higher rate than they murder any other mm-hmm. group people Unfortunately, because yeah. people will come out with numbers like they I yeah. just I'm like first of all stats. Right. Pure number anyone can anyone can jack up a stat. Right. I was gonna say data is tells whatever story you make. Whatever it story you want. I just I, I just got my masters mm-hmm. in data <laughs> analytics. So I know Let what I'm know. About. Um and the way that people will manipulate stats to, right. to fit any narrative, any political narrative, you have to under... I, I just think that it's wrong that someone has to have a master's degree in data analytics in order to understand what's actually being said on the news, right. on Fox News or on CNN, right. to create a narrative where I have to go and look up the actual report and right. see what the numbers are saying mm-hmm. in order to get like the true story. No news media outlet is really telling the truth truth. Right. So, but... That's neither here nor there. And I'm going to give you guys a word one time because uh, as a part of this podcast, it's important for me to just give you something that you can take away and do with as you please. At the end of the day, the way that you come into understanding or come into your values or your preferences or what you believe shouldn't be based on what political party you're affiliated with. You have to do your own research. You have to gather your own information. You have to ask your own questions and come to that decision on your own. It's not enough for Donald Trump to say it and you and you feel committed to the Republican Party, so therefore you believe it. Like, that's just a man, too. And he lives in a fallen world as well. And he's clearly made some mistakes. Um, so you have to be able to go and do your own research and come to your own conclusions and then come to the table with those conclusions. And we can talk about that versus coming to what coming to the table based on what someone else said. It happens all the time. It happens far too much. Like I know uh, I'm a social worker at a high school and my students struggle with, they struggle with coming up with their own decision or their own thought or their own perspective on things. It's so much easier to like look at whoever I'm influenced by and say, that sounds about right. I could get behind that. All right. That's my perspective too. But then I ask them, why is that their perspective? And they have no idea. So a word do your own research, gather your own information, come to your own conclusions, and then bring those conclusions to the table. And let's have a conversation about those. Yeah. Yeah. On either side, Mm -hmm. on either side, because Mm -hmm. I am not a hundred percent right. Right. You are not a hundred percent right. But we, (laughs) I say that for the podcast. We don't know that I'm right. Um, (laughs) But I have to be willing to have a discussion. Right. And because I'm only going to bring my perspective. Right. I'm only going to, I only know what I know. Right. Right. White people only know what they know. Mm-hmm. It's and so you we have to be willing to come and let people have seats at the table mm-hmm. to be able to discuss. I and I just think about what Christ did, like really what Jesus did mm-hmm. for people. Right. And he saw he was like, see you need me to need, yeah. but <laughs> but really he was about that life. Right. Looking and seeing at into the soul of a person and being able to give them what they needed. Mm-hmm. Like when someone asked for healing, he was like, I forgive you mm-hmm. actually, because that is what their heart was asking right. for. But you can only get that through relationship. Yeah. And you know, Jesus had that just on lock because you know, yeah. he was who he, 
He is who he is. But yeah, and I, then I'll, I just want for anyone that's a non-believer, what you see out in the streets about people yelling with their signs and their microphones, mm-hmm. like that's not my Jesus. Not my Jesus. Uh, that is not the person that I know in Scripture that built relationships with people first before he had difficult conversations with mm-hmm. them. And I feel like we've lost the art of that. Like, you can't come to my in my face saying whatever you want to say if you don't even know my name, you don't even know my mom's name, you don't even know how how my day w- went today. You have to be able to build a relationship with me, and then we can start having the difficult dialogue. And I know that we have relationship first, and so that even after the difficult conversation, our relationship still stands because it was built on mm-hmm. on a foundation. Yeah. The the non-biblical version of that is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. Right. So as much as you want to get away from the Bible, I mean, it's pretty much everywhere. Pretty much. What you sow, that's biblical. But it's neither here nor there. What goes around comes around. That's, you know, karma. Right. What you sow, that's biblical. Um, do you mind if I read one more caption? No, go for it. Okay. So just off piggybacking off of what Letitia was saying. This was actually a post by at Hannah Garachi. Hey girl. And, yeah, hey girl. She made this. It was incredible. Um, but this was right after the Breonna Taylor verdict. Um, and she wrote, do you ever feel anger in your bones? A visceral gut deep rage that says it's not supposed to be this way. At first it was about the verdict, but now it's about the response of other Christians. She had drugs. Her boyfriend shot first. Mm-hmm. They had a right to enter. You don't even know the facts. Let's get something really, really clear. That's not my Jesus. Remember when Lazarus died and Jesus visited the family? Did he review a list of Lazarus' mistakes and question eyewitnesses to avoid grieving with Lazarus' loved ones? No, that's not my Jesus. Mm -hmm. He wept with them and made space for their wounds. Remember the Samaritan woman at the well whose ethnicity was stigmatized and criminalized? Did Jesus use Samaritan on Samaritan crime stats to neglect the reality of her pain? No. Because that's not my Jesus. Mm-hmm. He extended tangible, embodied compassion. Mm-hmm. Remember the woman who caught, who's caught in adultery, someone who actually had broken the law of that time. Did Jesus shame and punish her? No, because it's not my Jesus. He defended her, spoke truth to her, and wrapped her with dignity despite wrongdoing. Following Jesus is simple. How he lived, how he spoke, how he brought comfort and empathy to communities in pain, so shall we. It's that simple. It's not easy, but simple. And she goes on to say, like, she, I mean, it's a, it's long. I put it on my profile, but, and I tagged her in it because, and I messaged her because what she had to say was so good. So for non-believers, that was mostly for non-believers as far as really what Jesus was about versus what you might see in Christians today. Mm -hmm. People, I look at them and I'm like, I don't know. We don't know the same Lord. Right. We do not know the same Lord because he cared about people so much more than he cared about the political party. Right. And the thing that I ask people today is really what lens are you seeing things from? A human perspective, Christian perspective, your political party, right. your, the color of your skin, like what are you first? Right. Because what you are first will dictate how you react. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think that's, that's good. That's good. And I need to think about it too. It's not, I'd say this as someone in the struggle as well. Right. Having to remind myself. Mm-hmm. I just did two years of counseling and have lots of tools yeah. <laughs> to help get me back to homeostasis. Yeah. And then you, we can quickly exit homeostasis. It's like as quickly as I entered is as quickly oh, as I'm out. Oh, it's a Tuesday? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. Here I go. It's gone. It's Here gone. I go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, Faith, I appreciate you. I feel like in the spirit of, of me uh, and in the interlude, we keep it 30 minutes or less. I feel like this has been a great conversation. More conversations to come, more actions to come from conversations. And I think we'll end it right there.